Welcome to True News 365. Check out truenews365.com for more podcasts, videos, blogs, and commentary from a Christian and biblical worldview perspective. All right, this is True News 365, y'all. Check it out. I'm back, and today I want to review a conversation that I overheard uh, on a public um, conversation app, social media app. Uh, the title was Theists Can't Justify God's Existence, and it was among uh, a couple of atheists that I am familiar with. And basically, they brought up the conversation as to the God of the Bible being misogynistic evil towards women for slavery and and for women sending their daughters into slavery of course they're quoting deuteronomy 21 and so we're going to cover that specifically the bible does the bible endorse slavery for daughters deuteronomy 21 7 through 11 okay uh but first i want you to listen in on a little bit of that conversation just to get the juices flowing um, I've already had a couple of takes on this. Hopefully, I won't continue getting error messages, but we'll see. Uh, let's hear up. Let's hear what. Let's let's hear what's going on. No, I don't think my wife is lesbian. She's, she's yeah, more valuable. She's the most valuable person in my home. Dude, it's just gross. Please don't start saying that kind of. I'm not going to make a denial of this, but the Bible's not red pill. Is all I'm saying. It's totally knock it off. You shouldn't think women are dumber than men. I, That's I, bad. Why would you, you why do you want to think that women are stupid? Off a lifestyle? How do you know how do you know that you don't even know the ins and outs of? No, okay, I know no, what you promulgate. I've heard you talk before and, and you said I should knock it you off. You have a you're saying you have a biblical outlook on life and that we should follow, even though I don't think you even follow the Bible that closely in okay. terms of like you don't send your wife out of the house when she has her time of the month do you yeah because i'm, I'm not a jew this, this is so ridiculous i, I don't really want to get into that but you cannot you cannot pretend that the bible is not misogynistic it says that women are less valuable than men it doesn't say that it says honor your wife as a weaker vessel but it doesn't we say that they're less weaker vessel just like walk past some women and spit on them. <laughs> Are you going to make me look up the shit in the Bible that is misogynistic? You're not going to make me do it, are you? you, you like I said, no. that's how you see misogynistic. And so he brings up, um, he brings up uh, Deuteronomy twenty, Deuteronomy twenty-one, uh, seven through eleven, or rather, uh, verse seven. He doesn't go on to read the the, the rest of it. But we're going to do that here. But first, we're going to uh, understand what's exactly going on here. So here we have, once again, covering a Bible difficulty that is often used to knock over the heads of Christians concerning the Bible. I've covered this before on my Truth versus Skeptics podcast series, which I have down on this playlist in YouTube. You can check that out later. In order to understand this, you have to consider a lot of historical facts that is not, and I repeat, not easy to do for the modern 21st century westerner who's currently dealing with cultural and historical revisionism as well as postmodern attacks against truth you have to be honest not only with the text but with the scholarship that brings out the truth of the text the use of proper hermeneutics and proper exegesis most flame-throwing anti-theists and liberal theologians aren't going to want to do this but we're blessed 
that we can always go back to more honest times when scholars, even those who disagree or reject the scriptures, weren't going to do that at the risk of being dishonest in scholarship. So here we have, once again, three so-called atheists who are hammering away at a Christian brother by using Old Testament scripture. It's obvious he's not too up on his understanding of this Bible difficulty or how to respond to these jackals being completely rude and unfair. They're taking an opportunity to lash out against God's truth, blaspheme his name, and laugh and mock at the expense of this brother's ignorance of this specific text. I have another podcast titled No Bible Studies with Atheists. That's a rule that I have, okay? And I noted a number of reasons why we shouldn't sit with people like this, because unless you're ready to answer them, and to the extent that you can even uh, answer them, they'll, uh, to the extent that they'll allow you to, you're just tossing pearls before swine. This is what they want. They just persecute one of his. They can't rip Christ down and then crucify him again, so they want to rip into one of his followers. That's spiritually what's going on here. And if we sit with people like this and allow this to go on, in my opinion, we're facilitating this. And people are listening to this and all the domineering lies of these rabid God deniers. So I featured these guys before on my platform, but here he's going to bring up a section of Old Testament scripture concerning the issue of a father giving up his daughter to slavery. So this is the simpleton accusations that they're making. Number one, they're saying that God endorses slavery, even fathers putting their daughters up for slavery. Number two, the historical conditions, motives of slavery are always the same. Bible times versus transatlantic slave trade. They're saying that slavery is always the same all the time in every which way. Number three, they're basically saying they're accusing God of being evil. They're accusing Christianity of being evil and because it's misogynistic. Okay, so let's answer the first accusation. Number one, God endorses slavery even fathers putting their daughters up for slavery. God does not endorse slavery. Slavery, like hunger, like violence, like war, like death, like suffering, like drug epidemics, etc., etc., all of that is the result of a fall in humanity. And it's what is the most basic thing about the Christian text, that we were fallen from the very first book of the Bible in Genesis. Men are willing to pillage Excuse me, and those men, those same men, will also enslave their enemies. Men are willing to steal and take people's possessions. Those same men would enslave their enemies. Men are willing to rape. Those same men are also willing to enslave and traffic others. Okay, some people look at slavery as though it's an independent evil floating outside of other evils. No, it's part of the same general evil. People who are committed to evil enslave people. That's just how things go. Therefore, slavery is a product of the human heart and a result of the wars, the violence, and all of that. Because men can't get along with their neighbors, because men can't share and be content with what they have, they can't earn for themselves, or they can't be uh, not greedy, they can't stop coveting what belongs to others, so they war, they pillage, they steal, they rape, and enslave. Slavery is not in a category of its own outside of human evil. 
because a town is pillaged. People are scattered. People have to migrate. People need to survive or die. That's why people would have to sell themselves into slavery or die. Those are their options. Also, if they were in debt to others, wait a minute, if they were in debt to others, people would become slaves until a certain time or a certain debt was paid off. That's historical. It's so simplistic to say, why didn't God just eradicate slavery then? And that's like saying, well, why didn't God just catapult people to more capitalistic conditions where people could just invest and nourish their stock portfolios? Why, 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 why not? Slavery is a historical fact. Slavery is a current fact. It hasn't stopped. But you never hear people who love talking about slavery mentioning this fact. But the truth is that there's more to slavery than most people understand. Did you know that approximately uh, 167 countries still have some form of modern slavery, which affects an estimated 46 million people worldwide? 46 million people under some form of modern slavery. Modern slavery can be difficult to detect and recognize in many cases. This is because slavery has moved underground in most countries and because the definition of slavery has expanded and evolved over the past several decades. For example, the US Department, the US Department of State defines modern slavery as the act of recruiting, harboring, transporting, providing, or obtaining a person for compelled labor or commercial sex acts through the use of force, fraud, or coercion. Similarly, a 2017 report from the International Labor Office describes modern slavery as not just labor is owned, quote-unquote owned, by other people, but also forced marriages, state-imposed forced labor, and victims of human trafficking and sexual exploitation. Their top 10 countries with the highest prevalence of modern slavery are India, with close to 8 million, China, with close to 4 million, North Korea, with close to 3 million, Niger Nigeria, with over a million, Iran, with over a million, Indonesia, over a million, the Congo, over a million, uh, Russia, Philippines, and Afghanistan close to a million okay this is according to worldpopulationreview.com you can go check that out okay so the second simpleton accusation that is being spoken about here in this conversation with these atheists that I listed the, the second simpleton accusation is the, that the historical conditions motives of slavery are always the same Bible times versus transatlantic slave trade always comparing it okay and as i just mentioned with the information i listed before there are nations that are still enslaving people and in various ways for various motives and and their differences ways and motives and conditions aren't always the same but from what we see in the bible the main conditions and motives clearly seen are mainly motive motivated by economic conditions and forced labor uh you know, people were taken in forced labor after war and stuff like that. So, but God added, this is the difference. 
God added laws among the children of Israel to regulate relationships and practices under the already desperate set of conditions that had allowed slavery to exist in the first place. We have to be honest about this. Slavery was ugly, disgusting, and evil in the Old Testament, but among the children of Israel, even when it had to do with foreigners, there were moral regulations added among the practices. Okay, would they comply with those regulations? Not always, perhaps, but there's just as much argument that you can take from the text that there wasn't than that there was. We don't know. But what we do know is that by a standard, God had placed those moral parameters among his people. And that's what can be seen from the text. But most accusations are just assumptions of what the text says and what actually happened. And they aren't honest because they want to tack on the elevated cultural context of Atlantic slave trade in the West and they want to use the emotionality to gain the ear of those who want to hate on the Bible also. But it's not true. An honest scholarship of the text. Okay, so the third simplistic objection that we hear here is that God is evil, Christianity is evil, because it's misogynistic. What is misogyny? Okay, a definition of misogyny is hatred of aversion to or prejudice against women, and I got that off the internet. So that's the definition and the accusation. The proof of that is only assumed by people who are committed to mistreatment of the historical biblical text. Now, I did a recent podcast title is The Bible Anti-Woman. And I could go through Ephesians. I, I went through Ephesians 5 to get a rundown of the status and role of a woman who is married. And I contrast that with the silly modern idea that women today are more free because they can enslave themselves to a nine to five job instead of working at home where they're fulfilling their more honorable roles under God as mothers and wives. So the accusation is always there anytime there's even a hint of opinion concerning traditional values. The accusation is that men think women are dumb, incapable, unable, but that's not the case. The case is simple. The brother I'm going to feature here thinks he needs to answer all the whys, but the main why is given in the text of scripture plainly, and that is because God says so. God created man and woman. God operates within an order. The man-slash-woman relationship is in marriage. And in marriage, there's physical, emotional, and spiritual harmony for themselves and for their family. Christ is the centerpiece of that harmony. All of that works together, and how it works together is for another podcast, but the short answer is, it's how God sets order among men and women for the flourishing of humanity. And I like to point out that oftentimes when people argue that there's nothing wrong with changing things up within the structure of the institution of marriage and relationships, marriage, dating, cohabitating, the order, the order of how things must go, as we see in this culture, just because something seemingly looks benign on the surface doesn't mean the rot isn't setting on in the inside, either of the relationship or within the culture and humanity of its own. Because again, God has set 
his order on how things are supposed to work. The effects of changing them will soon be seen within the culture. It might seem like it's working for a generation, but then comes the sinkhole. Ask yourself, is the average woman even able to have an option to stay at home to care for her children? Or is that now imposed by the economy? Forget patriarchy. Is she emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually more benefited by aborting her children in order to continue in her studies and achieve more? What has happened to the nuclear family since women have taken a higher role in the workforce? See, so many questions that can be asked as a result uh, of the hyper-feminism in the culture. Are women being benefited or are they being psyched into thinking they are? That's something to think about. And that's for another podcast. We can bring that up. So now let's respond to these so-called atheist claims concerning Deuteronomy 21. First of all, you never do a Bible study without having your Bible out. That's number one. If you're going to do this, have your Bible out so you can read the text word for word unless you have a photogenic memory, which most people don't have. They're going to chop up the text and paraphrase lies. You definitely want to respect the text unlike them. So, um, the father selling a daughter into slavery, right? Let's look at First, let's look at let's look at how they misrepresent this conversation. Let's see if I can pick that up here. Make a denial of this, but the Bible's not red pill. Is all I'm saying. It's totally red pill. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's in terms of the way that they treat women, it's exactly red pill. No, you know what I love though. And women are at the beginning of this, where we're accusing him of being misogynist or uh, uh, towards uh Troy Cigar's wife and it, he was absolutely by the way this is this is like three three atheists against one christian and they're bouncing him off the walls going back and forth and this is not the first time this young brother gets himself involved in this situation i don't i don't know why he does it but uh i wouldn't recommend it He's like, no, what are you talking about? I have no, I don't know what you're talking about. And then when we hold his foot to the fire, when he gets it, well, okay, the Christianity says that uh, men are better, right? And it's like, okay, cool. Why couldn't you just come out with that, Fine. right? Why do we always gotta dodge and dance and? No, that's that's what I said. Get into your actual position, right? So why? And again, because it's a shame. This is why we're necessary, right? Because you know your think, your actual I, position yeah. is shameful. Stop talking. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So, we, um, our job right, is so, to shame you for your shitty beliefs, for your beliefs so that women pill, are dumb. Red pill and that's what we're going to... You said, what are you going to do about it? Are you just going to cry? Yeah, we are. We're going to cry about how you think that your wife is less than you. That's abhorrent. No, I don't think my wife is less than me. She's, she's, yeah, more vi- she's the most valuable person in my home. And dude, it's just gross. Please don't start saying that kind of shit. Please. It grosses me out. Anyway. She's so uh, valuable to me as a as a vessel. Stop calling people vessels. Oh. It's gross. Anywho, um, yeah, and Jeb's is exactly right that this is what we should do. We should shame people who have these. About it, I can't do anything about that. No, yes, I'm just saying the dude. Exact same Jeb's thing is that right. happened with Mom, right? Where he came in and he's just like, "What misogyny? Women are doing better than ever. Oh, they're killing it in uh, education. They're out earning men in this. They're out doing men in this." Where, and then it's just like, okay, when did women take over? 
when was uh, misogyny stopped being a thing? And he couldn't tell me that. And then he was just at, at uh, further into the conversation he, and talking about, okay, well, women getting rights and stuff. And he's just like, yeah, yeah. And you know who allowed you to do that shit? Fuck. So he's going he's to now get into Deuteronomy 21. What the fuck we're talking about, right? Why do we have to wait Exodus, for the man approval to do shit? <laughs> Exodus 21.7 says God uh, sanctions someone selling their daughter into slavery. You can sell your daughter into slavery. Now, you don't get to tell me that the Bible is not misogynistic. Because you can't sell yeah, your son into as, slavery. As I said, if that's how you see it as misogynistic, I'm not going to deny that. Wow. That's... Well, then see you're, it, dude, then you're the a fucking misogynist. Misogyny, okay, then. I, I'm not afraid of being a misogynist. Okay, so, all right, I, wow, that's amazing, okay. dude. Well, you know, that is amazing. Oh, I'm okay this with the where... fact that I promulgate the hatred of women. I'm okay with that. I don't care if that's... This isn't... Dude, this is embarrassing, dude. I don't know what's no, the matter no, with you, but you got you got no, rocks for right. your brain. That's, that's no, this point. is where discourse has driven us, nerd, because people are constantly pushing the extreme Overton window on the extremism to where you're saying, like, okay, yeah, so what if I am a Nazi? <laughs> Why is it that in the Bible it says that a man can take several wives, but a wife can't take several husbands? That's misogyny. For, for me, Jesus says a man has to be with one, with one wife, so I follow Jesus. So, uh, so you're saying Exodus 21.10 doesn't say that? God ordains several wives. As a Christian, for me, that does not apply to me is what I'm saying. That There's a lot of people, but see, but the thing is, like, you're following a book of a God... Mm -hmm. Who, who ordained a bunch of horrible shit. So okay. you're, you're tacitly justifying, you're tacitly giving an okay to all the, you can't even say that any of the stuff that God commanded is bad, such to the, to the point where you even say genocide is good. Oh, here we go. And you think you're sitting up here like, oh yeah, no, I mean, I'm fine. Nobody can touch me. I'm untouchable because I'm just a Christian. And All right, so he gets a lot wrong there. Okay, he brought up... Uh, Exodus 21 7 and then he also brought up Exodus 21 10 and we're gonna go through all of that uh, um, let me see if I can uh, see if I can loosen some of this static that's going on in the system I apologize okay so first of all let's go into let's read Exodus 21 7 through 11 a father sells his daughter as a slave Verse number seven, if a man sells his daughter as a female slave, she is not to go free as the male slaves do. If she is displeasing in the eyes of her master who des designated her for himself, then he shall let her be redeemed. He does not have authority to sell her to a foreign people because of his unfairness to her. If he designates her for his son, he shall deal with her according to the custom of daughters. If he takes to himself another woman, he may not reduce her food, her clothing, or her conjugal rights. If he will not do these three things for her, then she shall go out for nothing without payment of money. Okay? So, let's see. Um, all right. Let's, let's just go through what it actually does say and what most scholars uh, agree that this is what it what what it's saying here um number one 
7. If a man sells his daughter as a female, there's a distinction right here. As a man set, sets his daughter a female slave, she is not to go free as the male slaves do. So he's talking about a distinction between how male and female slaves go out, meaning, meaning how they meet their debt. Okay? There's a distinction. They're not to be treated the same way. Number 2. If a master is unpleased with her, he can she can be redeemed. She can be sold forward, right? But not to foreigners. Okay? Not to foreigners. Number three, if he designates her for his son, okay, she becomes a daughter under the God's law. Now remember the, the assumptions that we were talking about before, all right? The assumptions that said that God endorses slavery, that the historical conditions and motives of slavery were always the same, and that God is evil and misogynistic, okay? So, um, where was I? I lost it. Okay. Um, if he designates it, her for his son, she now becomes a, uh, under the. Uh, she now becomes a daughter. Okay, and he has to care for her like a daughter. Number four. If the master marries another woman, okay, none of her benefits the slave girl, the daughter, privileges. None of the privileges or the rights as a daughter can be changed or stopped. Okay? And if he won't do any of this for her, then she can leave his home without paying or owing the debts to him. She goes free. No longer slave. Bye-bye. Okay? So, none of this is to say that happy times have come. Okay? Now, please don't hear me saying that any slavery is okay or lenient or favorable. No. Again, these were desperate times. These were times which we today have been blessed not to have to see. We have for generations not have had to deal with anything like this, but that's what history is all about. Likewise, to be dumb enough to think that we couldn't go back there is just as dumb and dangerous. Okay? God doesn't always promise to catapult one out of the wilderness, but he can walk with you through the wilderness. We fail, and his grace covers us despite our evils and disobedience. The problem is that it's so much easier to blame God to recognize that it's the very evil that ignores God, denies God, that causes conditions like slavery, war, pillaging, rape. Okay, These yahoos here on this podcast are calling themselves atheists, Okay, these guys have to make a lot of noise in hopes that you won't realize their inconsistency in logic, morality, and reality, right? So, the, the issue is that he spoke about verse 7. He says, a man, considering the conditions that we spoke about, a father can sell his daughter as a female slave. It's either that or he starves if he owes, right? Okay? So, also, he says, he brought, if he takes to himself other women, and what was it that he said about verse 10? He says he can have other women. No, he said, if he takes to, him, to himself another woman, meaning not the slave girl, okay? The slave girl was the first option in verse 7 that he can marry her, because he says, he designates, he says, if he doesn't designate in verse 7, uh, uh, I'm sorry, verse 8, is it? Yeah, verse 8, he says, If she is displeasing in the eyes of her, of her master, who designated her for himself, meaning he was going to marry her, right? Then he shall let her be redeemed. He, he See, he has to let her be sold, sold forward, 
right? Or paid back, okay? So he doesn't have the authority to sell her to foreign people because of his unfairness to her, being that he rejected her, right? Okay, so that's what it's saying. So if you, in light of verse 8, verse 10 is just saying that if he takes to himself another woman, meaning not the slave girl, once he comes with that other woman, he may not reduce her food, you see, or her clothing or her conjugal rights, right? That's what he's in reference to the slave girl, right? He can't because now she's got, he's, he's designated her for, her for his son in verse 9, right? So none of her rights are gone. So if he's not going to do any of this for, for this slave girl, then he's got to set her free. That's it. So now ask yourself, how is this in any way like the Atlantic slave trade? Was this going on in the Atlantic slave trade where, where daughters were, giving, were, were given uh, these type of parameters and these protections and these buffers, if you will? You know, no, they're not. This is not like the same slavery. So by him bringing up this issue, this desperation where a father has to sell his daughter or his son or even go the whole family in some cases in the Bible, it shows that the whole family goes into slavery um, in those desperate situations. You see um, that God had formulated buffers or moral um, provisions or not provisions, but moral uh, laws to work along with the slavery that uh, man has gotten gotten themselves into. Mind you, slavery has gotten worse all over the world and and still exists even to even today, right? So you don't see those same parameters. Let's compare the Bible and the slavery of the Bible with the slavery that continues on to this very day, right? If we're going to be honest, if we're going to be fair, regardless of how you put it, the slavery in the, in the, in the Bible isn't favorable. It's not plush. It's not something to brag about. But you can't denounce it without also recognizing the clear distinctions historically scholarly that are uh, manifested within the, the proper reading of the text okay you can't deny that and you can you cannot also deny the differences between that slavery and the modern slave trade which by way of Christian in Christianity was eradicated here in the West beginning here in the West okay so of course they never give credit for Christianity for that um, I guess it's not misogynistic so yeah so look out for more of these resources concerning answering difficulties and slavery and women's treatment from the Bible New Testament Old Testament it's good to look these things up okay so thanks for joining me today pray for the peace of Jerusalem seek his face unceasingly and until next time God bless All right, you're listening to True News 365, a podcast, blog, cultural commentary, and Christian ministry set out to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ, to reach out 
To those who will have ears to hear by the power of the Holy Spirit, check out truenews365.com for updates on blogs, videos, and more podcasts. And don't forget to share if you care. Until next time, God bless.